Welcome to another episode of The Wild Feather, a show that brings you inspiring stories and conversations with female entrepreneurs who are changing the game. I am your host, Brooke Dunwell, and today we have a truly inspiring and remarkable guest with us. In this episode, we dive deep into the world of entrepreneurship with Joelle Tudor, the brilliant mind behind Cath Connect. Joelle's journey is a captivating tale of how innovation, determination, and a collaborative spirit can transform a simple idea into a groundbreaking solution. Join us as we unravel the fascinating story of how Joelle started her company from her engineering background in school and is revolutionizing the medical industry. It all began with a senior capstone project and a problem presented by a urologist that set the wheels of innovation in motion. Discover the challenges and the triumphs that Joelle and her team have faced as they venture through the world of medtech. From securing grants to navigating the FDA process, they're overcoming numerous obstacles on their path to success. It is a fun show. Joelle is fantastic and she's learning so much along her way and she shares many things that she has learned and lots of self-awareness. It is a true testament to the resilience and dedication required to make a difference in this world with building a startup. So without further ado, let's hear Joelle's exciting startup journey with Cath Connect. Are supported by Masami. Masami is clean premium hair care with a Japanese ocean botanical for weightless hydration and shine. We love their products in my house. My daughter has really thick long hair and I have really fine thin hair and we both love the Masami shampoo and conditioner. Masami is vegan, cruelty free, non-toxic, clean, gender neutral and works for every hair type and texture, whether straight or curly. Their products clean and moisturize their hair all at once. They've received several awards for their products and after using them, you will look like you just walked out of the salon. They're eco-friendly, sustainable, vegan, plant-based, and the company is woman-owned. For 15% off, go to Love Masami. That's L-O-V-E-M-A-S-A-M-I.com backslash the Wild Feather Podcast and enter the Wild Feather Podcast in the coupon code for 15% off your entire order. Excited to have you on the show and we are thrilled. Uh, I find your story kind of fascinating because you're rather young to be like taking on such a, it feels like a giant um, task. I don't know. Um, maybe because I'm not in the medical industry. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So we'll just dive right in. How did you become a founder? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> I went to school for engineering, didn't actually have much of a background in entrepreneurship or really understand what it looks like to run a startup. But um, the medical device that we built for my senior capstone project in engineering, which I'll rewind a little bit, was in collaboration with the medical center on our campus. And we found a problem and then solved it and made a 3D printed product or prototype uh. by the end of the school year. Um, but when we were working on that project, we started to see it wasn't just an invention or something novel. It was there was commercial viability there. And so we did the business competitions. They were fun to kind of build a model around, think about timeline, think about the FDA and all the strategy needed there. And we had a lot of success with those competitions. So we put that money towards the prototype and then we applied for grants and got those as well. So then it kind of just fell into my lap, I feel like, uh -huh. really, where I was like, oh, we have a lot of traction. We've had this business plan validated from mm -hmm. other people that know more about business than we do. I want to keep this going. I don't want this to end at the end of the school year. I want to bring this to patients and I think we can do it. I think we have a team. I think the products there. So that's really wow. how I got involved. Okay. So what school did you go to? University of Washington in Seattle. Okay. And then what kind of engineering were you studying? I was mechanical and okay. kind of geared towards more of the bio classes under the mechanical engineering. Okay. What a great opportunity that that school gives you to have such a unique project that you can see through, right? Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of um, college grads that I speak to that worked on projects, it only goes so far, right? Like you don't see it through to the end. So that's awesome. Yeah. I So we did the engineering innovation health program, which is great where the first term is just understanding the med tech industry and connecting you with those clinicians to understand their problems so we could meet with them work through what they do day to day and then the business school has also been very supportive and collaborates with the engineering school to see those competitions get mentorship on your business plan yeah and then uh the business school had an accelerator that we did for about six months after the school year ended, which really helped us kind of nail down some of those big business questions. Yeah, that's fantastic. They have so many resources now at the collegiate level that and degrees that never were in existence when I went to school. It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the clinicians, they basically came to you with their I'm assuming the professor lines up these clinicians. Um, U of M does something similar in multiple facets, like they'll reach out and say, do you have any cases or anything that these students can work on? And then you present this problem and they come back with their solution, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I did jump through that story pretty fast, but a urologist presented to the class, uh, basically the problem that patients are ripping out their urinary catheters and okay. the urinary catheter is outdated. It's a hundred years old. Can you help me make something better? And so we work directly with her to understand how they install it, what it looks like, what patients use it, reach out to additional clinicians to understand their problems as well. And then we worked with her and now she's our co-founder. Um, ah, that's awesome. I was going to say, is she on board? Because it feels like she should be. <laughs> yes. She's been super supportive and able to help a lot of time, especially as a urologist that has crazy hours. Yeah. 
That's cool. Okay. So you went through the business accelerator, you got, um, assistance, whatnot, and now you're in research and development phase or like what phase, how long have you been going at this? Uh, so the school project started around January of 2022. Yes. <laughs> and then wow, we worked on that kind of the prototyping phase, had an MVP at the end of the school year, had a, a 3D printed model that met our requirements from clinicians. That's where we did grants, the accelerator, um, and can continue to kind of make updates to the features, additional inside testing, getting a better understanding of our business model at the same time. Um, and then I'm trying to think in terms of years now. So what we've been working on recently is just transitioning the 3D printed design to an injection mold so we can make it at large scale. Okay. Um, also fundraising to get ready for the FDA. But um, that, the FDA sounds scary. Is that like a scary process? <laughs> it doesn't scare me. I know it sounds intimidating because there's it's there's a lot to learn with the FDA, but yeah. for for me, I'm not afraid of it. We have a relatively short FDA timeline um, compared to pharmaceuticals uh, or a very high risk device where it could be eight to ten years on minimum. Mm -hmm. Ours should be about a year, maybe less, um, just because it's non invasive and we have a predicate device that we can compare the testing to submit for. Right, right. Well, it can't be any worse than what they're using now if they're ripping it out, right? <laughs> exactly, we're gonna only provide better, better safety. Yeah, so then once you find, once you get the molds and whatnot, are you doing this in the States? Uh, we plan to manufacture in the States. We might yeah. bring an injection mold in, but still working on that um, aspect. Yeah. That's like a whole nother process of finding the manufacturer and figuring out all of that. Right. Right. Vendors, um, right consultants. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, are you planning on going to hospitals to sell this or do you sell to doctors? Like what, how, what's your approach there? That's another really interesting aspect about MedTech is the FDA is a whole obstacle to understand reimbursement and then purchasing pathway is very yeah. unique, really depends on the care setting. So hospitals have their own committee decisions and oh. influencers, and then the end user is very different as well. So you want to build it for the patient and the end user, but the physicians and the decision makers are a little bit different. Um, and then long-term care and nursing homes also have their own unique system a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we'll start with selling to hospitals. Uh, it's where the largest patient population of at risk is. Um, and we'll kind of market it by publishing data of the safety and efficacy we can provide, um, conferences, yeah, that's a yeah. whole different marketing strategy than different. most. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all data. Wow, yeah. that's so interesting. Which okay. I kind of appreciate from the engineering yeah. background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to get on TikTok and make tons of videos. That's for <laughs> yeah. sure. That's like saving grace. Building <laughs> a brand is a whole different ballgame that I, I think we can kind of avoid. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it sounds refreshing. Uh, and maybe 
the I, it sounds like a lot of heavy work up front, like all getting all your data, but maybe you've been I'm you have to have been collecting data all this time, but um gosh, sounds like the least the path of least resistance there. I feel sounds like amazing. yeah, with MedTech, I mean other companies, there's a lot of overhead. But I do think a lot of the de-risking gets done in that R&D stage and with the support of the university of answering questions and making sure that there's the product market fit that we're able to do very early on. Yeah. Plus having a doctor on staff or on your founding team is huge. Yes. She's awesome. Yeah. You've already got that yeah. uh, backing and that voice. And so you're already... Um, recognizable. I mean, like yeah. justified. I don't know how yeah. else to say it. Uh, exciting. Okay. So have you ever um, had like an inkling of entrepreneurship in your, like throughout your childhood? I've definitely thought about it, but I can't think of like a fun story other than a yeah, lemonade like stand. No lemonade. <laughs> yeah. I think I've always really enjoyed creating things. And I, yeah. I, I think it comes more from this science side of my brain and also really creative side of my brain. Um, and I think that contributes a lot for my parents where my dad was a PA. So I really uh -huh. got exposed to the medical side and had a ton of interest in doing something there. And then my mom is in marketing. And so she <laughs> would always kind of be like, could I be on LinkedIn, do this, this right. and this network. And I think that has really helped me understand, oh, this is the type of role that I really like and I actually have a lot of success in versus engineering, being kind of in a cubicle, working alone, designing a small little part. I mm -hmm. started to grow and realize, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Right. I like understanding right. how it works and like creating, but I, I want to work with people. Yeah. Because um, it seems like you have a pretty good balance. I mean, you're like, you jumped into this, right? So I can only imagine that can be a little overwhelming from like not experiencing the, you know, all the corporate jobs and this job, like going through the hoops before you get to this point. Right. So you're like diving in full force. Yeah, definitely dove in. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. I think, yeah. um, like really learning as I go, what it means to be an entrepreneur, what I need to know. Uh, sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish I knew this or I had more time to read on the job and understand all the processes. But at the same time too, I'm really glad that I was like, no, I want to do this. Let's, let's yeah. just do it. I have the yeah. team that's committed to, and I think that really helps it. We can talk about it later, but I think imposter syndrome is definitely a thing, especially when you're jumping into something you don't know yeah. and you're going to be learning, but everyone is learning. They just might hide it a little better. <laughs> I think that's very important to remember. It's, it's just a learning process, right? You can't expect to know it all. Yeah. Uh, and that's great. Now, when you were starting this project, were you paired up with another partner with in the program and are they involved now? Yeah. So there were five other engineers for, um, I remember, yeah. but um, we were all um, paired together and almost all of us have stuck with it. Just one is prioritizing his other job right now, which is totally fair. It's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, 
but everyone's been able to stick with it. They're co-founders, they moonlight okay. with their other roles. So I think I was really ready to be like, no, we can't let this stop right here. Yeah. Um, and I had a different role lined up for after graduation that I was doing, but I was like, you know, I'm really enjoying all the learning I'm having here. I'm ready yeah. to go part-time or, or quit right now and, and do Cath Connect. Yeah. So, yeah. If you have that ability, that's fantastic, right? Yeah. Uh, my parents were definitely like, are you sure? <laughs> but they're very supportive and it's obviously been a marathon yeah, experience. That's awesome. So how long do you think it will take to get through the next phase? Just from like a timing standpoint, I'm just thinking, you know, a year and a half ago, you came up with the idea. And yeah. when did you graduate? Graduated June, 2022. Okay. So it was like right before you, like you graduated that you started this whole project. Yeah. Kind of. So yeah. Yeah, during school and then went full time September. And so it's, it, yeah, it's crazy. I think, oh, it's been just over a year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more than that, but um, then a really crazy journey and so much learning. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because we've had that MVP for quite a while, but making small adjustments to it um, for that manufacturer aspect, working with other consultants to make sure we're doing it the right way or keeping in mind what we need to think about for the production phase. And then also the regulatory documentation that comes with yeah. the FDA testing is kind of a whole ordeal in parallel. Um, yeah. But we hope to have that injection mold early in 2024 and then hopefully have FDA clearance by 2025 or early 2025, and then begin selling to hospitals. Okay, so you're thinking 2025 is when you'll be in the market. Yes. Okay. I mean, that makes it, I mean, it's not like it's a shirt. I mean, it's like going in, it's a medical device. So uh, that that's a lot of, um, behind the scenes work going on for a few years, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your favorite part of this journey so far? It's a good question. Um, I'm really enjoying all the people I'm meeting. I think it's, it's really exciting to hear about everyone's entrepreneurship journey. I think everyone in this space is really into helping those behind them and bringing each other up. Um, I've received so much mentorship, but I think learning about different ways that you can have impact and build many companies or switch total fields within startups is super interesting to learn about. And kind of also, I just have a better understanding of each role where a founder be can, can become an investor and help other female founders behind them. So I think yeah. it's just been everyone I'm meeting and exposed to and Enlightening. Yeah. yeah. Would you recommend if you were talking to other college grads, would you recommend diving into being a founder entrepreneurship if they didn't fall into this like type of setting that you have been in? Yeah, we were very fortunate with our setting, but I would definitely recommend diving in. I think if we didn't do it, it would have been something I would have regretted. That I would have wondered where this would go. Yeah, um, there was another group in our same year that was 
kind of in a sticky situation where they had some success, but it was going to be a long regulatory process. So it was a little bit hard to see the future, I think. And they're like, okay, we're going to commit to one year and see where we are then. Um, but I definitely think it's a great experience. I can always go back to a job, in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, or grad school. That was another thought. But it's really cool to build something yourself and yeah. learn along the way. Yeah. What do you think your biggest uh, obstacle has been thus far? And how did you overcome it? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> oh, there's quite a few things. I know. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, how many, right? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a drastic one, right? Just like. Yeah. Um, I think I, I'm still trying to find a, a way to label this. <laughs> but I think is like knowing yourself is, is kind of the overarching theme. But having a good understanding of your social battery, how to block your calendar, build your own schedule, and really know yourself of when to take a break and when it's okay to go, go full throttle. Yeah. Because I think what I've learned over the years is that it's really exciting and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. And then I don't want to be too tired by the end of the week. Or yeah. Have you found yourself in those day. shoes? Yeah, I've definitely found myself yeah. where it's like Monday night, I'm super excited about the week's tasks and I'm staying up too late. And then the next morning I'm like, I'm really tired. I need a slow morning, but I have all of these meetings scheduled. Um, and I've learned also that blocking meeting days is a good way for me to do it where I feel like, oh, I have these more social days and then I have my standalone days of just work time so yeah. I can be undisturbed. Yeah. And then also blocking in time for emails is yeah. something I didn't realize needs time because everything else would get pushed back and kind of that, oh, if, if something happens, now I have the time to address this or call other people or build that into my routine. It's just like leaving those blocks in was something I learned. Yeah. So I think the obstacle itself is really learning how to schedule build that in when you have a little bit of flexibility of your mm -hmm. of, a, of a founder um yeah so time management it's probably yeah. been yeah i think that there is nothing better uh th like i think entrepreneurship is a crash course into getting to know yourself if you don't know yourself very well you will if you, you will. become an entrepreneur right I, in many many ways Right. Yes. Your strengths, what you like, what you, I mean, like the, yes. it's endless. I could keep going. Yeah. yeah. Just how you face challenges and yep. how you build yourself to get through it, how you're talking to yourself, yep. how All you're getting it. ready for tasks that you have no idea how to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Your belief system, the whole nine yards. Now you can change and adapt, uh, <laughs> but you definitely, you're faced with it. You don't have an option. I don't think yeah. to not face okay. it. Yeah. I was going to say I had zero presentation skills, which is funny because I'm doing so many pitch presentations and competitions now, but I did COVID school and in engineering, uh, I didn't yeah. really have a public speaking class. Yeah. So that was one skill that I was like, okay, I'm going to be forced to learn how to do this. Did you get a coach? I didn't, but I've had a lot of mentorship. I thought about yeah. a coach. Um, I worked with a couple people. I had mentors actually kind of provide that support, but 
it was a long learning process and a lot of iteration. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I highly recommend people get coaches or mentors or whatever you want, but especially when you go to do pitches, uh, Mm. to funding, to VCs and whatnot. Um, I've seen both where someone got a coach, just like a presentation coach, a public speaking coach, and someone that did not write up against each other. And it is like a night and day difference um, in just communicating, like, you know, your product more than anyone. And sometimes I think you get in your own head when you first start out, at least I know I did. I was getting in my own head in order to present it, right? But when I just took the people out of it and the fun investors out of it, then I was able to just tell them my product, like I'm just talking to you, right? But I think people get in their own head and then it locks them and prevents them from presenting. And if you do the practice with mentors or public speaking coaches, I think you're able to overcome that. Yeah. And I think there's also just an additional bias of what your background may be. For example, engineering, we really wanted to focus on talking about how cool our product was. And we focused on, oh my gosh, it's med tech. No one's going to understand how this urinary catheter works. Mm -hmm. But then speaking with coaches or mentors, it was like, no, this is the message here. People will understand this, shorten it, talk about the rest. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, have you pitched to investors, investors like VCs yet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting yeah. to get ready for that FDA process. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine. That'll take yeah. some capital. That's going to be a bit of a switching gears though, as far as your presentation goes, is it, or is it not? I, it's a little bit, I would say each presentation is a little bit different. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, And I think that's something else, too, that might have been a a mindset adjustment was thinking about certain tasks of how I would think about um, kind of prototyping where, oh, this is going to get updated each time. There's going to be different versions and just understanding like, oh, the pitch deck doesn't stay the same or the financial Mm -hmm. forecasting does not stay the same. You're going to have different inputs, different assumptions over time. Yeah. Crash course into cap tables, eh? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, I know I had to do one. I was like, what? What is that? I don't even know what this is. What are you talking about? (laughs) How does this work? Uh, Okay. So what have you enjoyed? Well, you told us what you've enjoyed the most, but as far as your team goes, do you think that you have a balanced team? Have you had to hire outside of the team that you started with? Uh, we haven't hired anyone full time okay. outside the team. I think that's another interesting thing in medtech is that you can contract out a lot of the regulatory research yeah. or regulatory needs, testing needs, um, general counsel, all of those. Um, so it's just been our core team, which has been great. They are so supportive. They're constantly telling that's me awesome. to take a break. Yeah. And I also think because we were friends going in and had worked together before, just in mechanical engineering uh, cohorts, that we have a pretty good understanding of each other's skill set, how they balance each other, and personality to where it's like, take a break, Joelle. Like it's okay. Right. Or <laughs> you can work on this tomorrow. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. 
That's great though. That's fantastic. I mean, a lot of yeah. people don't have that, especially if you're a solopreneur and you don't have that support system. So that's awesome. I, I'm so excited. You guys are going to be so successful. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. And then who knows what you'll come up with after this, like, uh, you'll solve another challenge. I'm certain of it. <laughs> there, there's a growing list. I'll tell yeah, you that. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's so exciting. Like it'll be a walk in the park. Uh, when you get to the next product, you've already done most of the work, right? I think that's, that's something an advisor told me recently. That was nice to remember was that this is just your first one. You're learning everything you need to know now. And it's okay that you're learning. The next one will be much easier because you've learned that. So for the yeah. first time founders, it's everything's a learning process and yeah. it'll help you with the next one. And I think even if this one somehow doesn't have the success that we imagine, we've learned from it. So I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it'll be easier. It'll be different and there'll be different things that come up that you're like, oh, well, I, we'll figure this out. Right. Yeah. Um, what a great opportunity. I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, okay. So how can we help you? Like, how can we support you and help you? Yeah. As I said, we're raising capital. So it's always nice to be introduced to founders and investors that are in the med tech space and are interested in impact and Right. female founders um and then also being connected to other people in the medtech industry it does feel like a small group but anywhere from regulatory or clinicians i think we'd love to hear perspectives there and from patients that may have had urinary catheters i think it's always valuable to hear those perspectives okay. as we're patients you know i just had a guest on here that helps uh, she created some type of software that helps with the regulatory compliance, like all the data stacks that you have to oh, put wow. together and like pulls it together and makes it easier. I That's will awesome. <laughs> make that intro to you in case you can use it down the road. I don't know where it fits in or if it fits, but, um, you're talking the same language. How about that? Great. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Uh, investors. So are you looking for VCs? Are you going venture capital? Are you looking for angel? Like what's the angels, maybe micro VC, but mostly angels, mostly angels. Okay. That makes a difference on who we introduce yeah. you. Uh, okay. I, um, have an idea. Okay. We had an investor on who is out of the San Fran area and she is a partner in a firm and they are medically focused. Okay. Yeah. So I'll connect the two of you. Great. Thank you. Uh, and anybody else I can think of, but yes, we will help and promote that for you. Happy to. Uh, so a new question I started answering, and I don't think it's in any of my materials, but do you have a motto? Like some people have like a daily motto. Today's my, this mo my motto is today or weekly or yearly life, whatever it is. Uh, do you have a motto that you like? Yeah. It's a, I really like this question. I think I've started to collect like founder mantras. That's how yeah. I think of it. Yeah. Um, some that I say to myself, like right when I wake up before all the stress of what I'm thinking about when I go to bed at night comes in and some that I just kind of remind myself through the day that I've just collected from mentors. 
Um, my recent one when I wake up is like, you're on track. I think that's Ooh, just a like good it. reminder. It's the positive self-talk. That's like, you are doing what you need to do. You got this kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then a lot of advice that I've been speaking with students recently is just be a sponge. You want to yeah. absorb as much information as you can and also filter it out what's relevant to you. Um, I have an, a couple other ones that I was thinking about. Um, ooh, maybe it'll come back to me. Yeah. But I have a oh. lot of little one-liners that I kind of record. I think, oh, one recently is like, you are not your company. So oh, I know. That's, it's that's, easy with your company is your baby and it's easy to take things personally and get so invested to it, but to try to separate yourself. So when there's the ups and downs, it's, it doesn't feel like it's your complete um, mm-hmm. reflection. Well, people define themselves by their company and it like becomes, they become it. I think, I think that's a huge lesson to learn. And I don't, you're fortunate that you learned it so early on. Cause I think that, um, it's hard to detach that and to really resonate with that. Um, and I think you have to build in the infrastructure to not become your company. I don't know, to have that mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have and I think it's boundaries in place. Boundaries. Yeah. I think it's easy to, in the startup space, everyone is so committed. Everyone's always grinding. I work at a co-working um, oh, yeah. office and I think sometimes it's just, it's everyone's life. Everyone's there until 8 PM. And you also have to remember like, no, I, I enjoy these other things and it's okay to do that. And it's okay to take things slow when you need to take things slow. But even though all your hard work will reflect in a, in that's in a startup, I think it's also okay to be like, sometimes things are in my control, yeah. different things. Yeah. 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 It will all happen in the best time it may not be your time but it will happen right like taking some time off i've learned though if you leave for the day because you carry this enormous amount of guilt and i think we create it ourselves right it's like this like whose time are we on like timetable are we on it's like we create why are we rushing i don't know it just feels like you're always on a race against time when you're a founder and uh I've found that when I step away to go enjoy life and to have fun, then magic happens. Like, uh, maybe cause it's not, you're not spending so much energy and it's not causing stress on that situation. But even if you're like gone for a couple of hours, go do it also, I think makes you a better, healthier person to yeah. be able to endure more. You don't have a short fuse cause you're taking yeah. some time. My founder says it in a different way. And I, I can't quite remember the exact wording, but basically like if you're happy in the rest of your life, like if you're taking the breaks, like you'll be able to get the rest of your work done better and more efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the same concept as you'll be a better mom. If you take care of yourself and you spend time being healthy and working out and you'll be a long, like you'll, live long enough to be a mom versus like, if you don't take care of yourself, it's the same concept. Yeah. Uh, but the guilt is definitely a thing. It is. Think. It's also, I, I find myself making super ambitious goals and <laughs> having these self expectations of just 
always here and it's funny you say that because my friend and i just had this conversation and my other girlfriend and i joke about it all the time because i like at one point in time i was gonna do like no kidding it was like 10 weeks of work in two days i've got it i can do it i've got it this is what's gonna happen right we're like oh yeah we have this grandiose plan and we think it's all doable and we start doing it and you're like well, I did get like a quarter of that done. Like, what is it? You know what I mean? It's like, why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know. Yeah. And kind of where I think about like, know yourself, know your calendar. Don't put every task that you need to do on today's list. Just choose three, which yeah. took me so long to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't have to have back to back, back to back, back to back. Like you're going to need a yeah. breather, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's a book called The One Thing, and that book really helped me. If you, it helps you focus on like if you can just accomplish one thing, one big thing a day, and like two or three other small things, then you're accomplished. You got something done today versus having 50 things on your to do list and not getting any of them done because you feel like you you're like just touching. I don't even know. So yeah. that mess. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. And I think also with that rushing timeline, I've been reminding myself too, like slow progress is still progress. It's still moving forward. Um, I had a founder tell me the other day, um, which I think this quote is funny, but maybe it's a little bit sad too. Just startups have an 80 to 90% failure rate. So yeah. every day that you're still going and you're still running is a successful day. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Mixed feelings on that one, but I thought it was a little bit funny. It is true, though. I mean, you're still in the game, right? Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, ready to take your startup to the next level without the hiring headache? Meet Carbon 3 Recruiting, your ultimate partner in building startup success. They recruit so you don't have to. Whether you need C-level execs or entry-level champs, they've got your back. Carbon3 goes beyond recruitment. They build employer branding, deliver benchmarking and market analysis, and offer outplacement services. What sets them apart? Long-lasting relationships, deep understanding of your business, meticulous market research, high quality, and more. Clients hire one out of every three of their candidates. They plan, create, and execute the perfect hiring strategy for your startup connecting you with candidates who truly match your culture. Don't waste time on recruitment headaches. Let Carbon3 Recruiting find the right people for your startup. Visit carbon3recruiting.com and turn your startup goals into reality. Carbon3, your growth, their mission. Scale smarter with Carbon3 Recruiting, where startups thrive. Um. How do you, you mentioned earlier, whenever at the end of the day, you've got 500 things going through your mind and whatnot, how do you desensitize that and like shut it off? Yeah. Um, I try to read or watch a show before bed that tends to take my mind off things. I used to doom scroll and that was just kind of numbing. And now I have the app restrictions because I don't think that's helpful, but I also think planning in an activity at the end of each day is really good. And it keeps me social and kind of on 
the routine that a lot of my friends are on with their nine to fives. Yeah. So sometimes it's a work happy hour. That's a fun event. Sometimes it's a craft night or it's cooking or baking that kind of gives me something at the end of the day to be like, oh, I'm doing something else other than work. Right. Can you shut off? Shut off my brain? Yeah. Oh, it's that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like when you're going to cook, do you compartmentalize? Like I just, uh, I had to learn to compartmentalize, like focus on what's in front of me or else I was planning yes. 500 things to do at work while I was. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's kind of like a zero 100, I think. It's yeah. like, no, I will not be on my phone. I will not open email. I will be doing this now. And I think it's good also on the weekends to just be like, I see this email coming in, but I'm not going to respond to it till Monday. And that's also respectful to the person emailing, I think, for everyone's time. But I definitely do that compartmentalizing. Um, I think also finding tasks that are really mentally relaxing, I found, are good breaks, too. Even though it always feels like you have to be doing something, it kind of forces you to take a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I like it. I mean, I think it's really good advice, especially for younger folks who are starting out and it can, startups can overtake your life uh, rather quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to, I think, especially in the beginning, I loved working all day on it. I would find myself at like 10 PM still at my desk and I was like, well, I just enjoyed it. I was looking forward to this task and I was having so much fun, but also realizing like, Oh, I, my social part of my life or my exercise getting yeah. outside part of my life is lacking right now. And I should try to keep them all in a balance, even though it's going to ebb and flow. Mm -hmm. um, it'll yeah. help me. Yeah. Round it. Yeah. I mean, you, let's face it. You could, cause you, people that don't have the passion for their jobs, like entrepreneurs do in, in startups. I don't think that they understand cause I'm like the ability to work like I could work 24 seven and be completely fine with it. I do not have to leave my house. I can work, 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 right. Until I get to the point where I'm like, man, I haven't seen, I probably need to get outside. I haven't seen anyone. I had, I need that social, like you just need that connection. Um, yeah. there's like all these studies going on right now that one of the biggest things is the connection with people and the lack of and whatnot, but people that work nine to five, uh, my partner, he does. And he comes home and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm like, oh, well, can I just work some more? I, I want to work. Right. And he's like, you're yeah. crazy. I'm like, I love it. It's not yeah. hard to me. Right. Yeah. Like, and uh, I think it's, it's kind of building it into your schedule. Even when you don't feel like you want it, it's probably still good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Force yeah. yourself to do it. It is good in the long run. It is good. The yeah, I mean, oh sorry. No, go ahead, right ahead. I was going to say when you're talking about connection, it kind of reminded me of something else I learned over this year was finding that founder friend group that I didn't also connect with with just the company and the questions and things that you can share on that type of day to day, but also just being friends with mm -hmm. personally mm -hmm. because I find sharing other activities outside of work has been super enjoyable and makes everything a little bit easier going forward. Like just someone that you can really go to and talk to and not feel like you have to put on a mask of everything's perfect right. Right. that entrepreneurs I think do. Um, 
I also I, think they're good sounding boards. Yeah, but I think it, it's hard to develop. It's hard to come by. For me, at least with my previous role, I did consulting kind of more on a corporate side and work-life balance or work-friend personal balance was kind of an interesting boundary that you have that kind of doesn't carry over, I think, with startups the same. Mm, yeah. I also think it's hard for people to find their people, like their founder people. And they're, I mean, if you're not in a big city or if you're not around like uh, an entrepreneur startup hub-ish place that promotes that, yeah. it's pretty challenging, which I think that there are a lot of groups that are really working hard to build a community. And I yeah. can name a few to help fill in those gaps. And it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast, uh, because, uh, you can't do it alone. And it's even if you just need to listen to someone talk, or even if you can relate to a problem, but like having that network and like your group of founders, um, I think it's really important because family, they're supportive. They're awesome friends supportive and awesome but they don't really get it yeah <laughs> yeah it's i don't think they get it yeah um, yeah but there's a couple founders that i met at the women's venture summit that now we chat on the phone every other week every two weeks just to be like how's it going how's your raise are you doing okay inside yeah <laughs> like, that's awesome you get anything out which is really nice especially since they're on the other side of the country or in other state just to be like, yeah. oh, we can still connect and we might not be doing the same industry, which I yeah. think I was focused on in the beginning. It's like, uh, I'm tech man, tech man. It's like, well, we still have very similar problems that we're going through that we can chat with each other about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, every, every company has, uh, similar things. It's just a matter of the different, they're all baking something, but it might be a different <laughs> thing. They're baking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Well, if there's anything that we can do outside of um, introducing you to uh, some investors, angel investors, patients, spreading the word, uh, just let us know. We're here to help and support in any way. And if you um, if you ever need anything, reach out. And Thank I you. will include all of the like the website and how to get in touch with you, et cetera, um, in our notes. So if any investors are listening, they can connect and I'll make intros to those other folks. Um, just to see, open a conversation. I have, I'm not promising anything. I have no idea, but it's somebody else. You can look into their stuff and, uh, before you talk to them. Uh, but it That's was good. fantastic having you on the show and I really, really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Oh, of course. Great to be here. I love this community. And I feel like if there's anything I've learned from my first year of entrepreneurship or share, it's nice to do so. And I did remember one of my other mantras. Oh, yay. What is it? Um, which is just enjoy the ride. Like uh -huh. there are going to be ups and downs, trying to enjoy that learning journey. Because sometimes it's easy to just try to soak in all the highs. And then it's just this, it's this always up and down kind of thing. So just remember yeah. to enjoy it. Um, I love that. I love yeah. that. And you'll have to come back on after you get your product on the market. I can't wait to uh, see where you're at. By then, you'll I'll probably have a couple other products going. So I love it. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channel, The Wild Feather, 
If you want to learn more about our guests or their products and companies, you can visit our website at thewildfeatherpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter to receive info on our upcoming episodes. Follow us on social media to get the latest deets. We're on all of them, so pick your favorite and follow us. And if you're a founder and need funding or accelerator info or business resources, you can go to our website, thewildfeatherpodcast.com and find some valuable information and resources there. No matter if you're a founder, your investor, or what your path is, just remember you were born with wings. Wings.